Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of the World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode 14. It looks like our characters are right in the thick of it, so without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matt? Hi, thank you very much, Tom. Indeed, we left it um, with preparations having been set for the assault on the Anders Tower. So we'll jump straight back in. I believe we have Robert, Natalia and Eamon heading over to the tower while we have Postgate um, sat at the Bosphorus University where one of um, Ekmeche's gate boxes is set just in case he pops back over there as a as a line, as a line out. I think, I think also the others are going to um, hopefully get hold of uh, Akhmerchi's orb mm-hmm. that, that will bring them to the university as well. So I'll be driving the getaway car as well, effectively. Gotcha. Right. Um, for Eamon, Robert and Natalia then, um, how is your preferred line of approach to the tower? Um, the tower sits in the middle of the Bosphorus. Um, it is um, slightly closer uh, closer to the Asian side. Um, it's oh, near. Where uh, are we going to go? <clears throat> we want to get closer. Mm-hmm. The closer, the better, right? Well, yeah. cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we going to teleport in? But they, they suggested the closer you are, the, 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 the least amount of traveling distance is better for... Probably not. Oh, for the teleportation. Gotcha. For accuracy or not going someplace wrong or something. If you're planning on using the um, the gate box that you've got, the orb, rather to get in, um, you can give me if you've got at least five points of Cthulhu Mythos. You can give me a roll. (laughs) I have six. (laughs) Can I ask a question about that too, Matt? Yeah, sure. Um, so the gate box, technically we're getting it from Henry, right? He's the one who has the mm-hmm. orb. Yeah, it's the one that's given to him by Bahidi. Does that have to uh, be on our person? In other words, we when we transport in, are we bringing the orb with us? Yes, okay, you're so. taking it to the orb that's the other half. The base, they're always in pairs. And when you use them, they come together. So once you use it, you both have to all, all three of you would have to be touching it or touching each other, at which point then you would all as a group go to where the other half of the pair is. So then uh, to escape or to leave that area, we would just either depend on a different gate box or just conventional means. Exactly, yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, I got a nine out of 10. Ah, gotcha. Distance, then, as far as you're aware with how this works, I think in, a, um, in Delta Green, I think they refer to it as um, hypergeometry, um, has a sliding scale, where the, at the minute you could be one metre or 100 miles away, it would be the same cost, inverted commas. Um, that counts as the same range. So you could do it from the university or you could do it from the banks of the Bosphorus. It wouldn't make any difference in terms of accuracy. In this, in this case, um, the main thing would be just for me to determine is that you're using the box to get in rather than going by conventional methods. Yes, okay. Then 
we could go right from right from the university right there and just boom hop in Did, didn't you mention though in the last episode that the farther away it is the more magic points you have to expend to get there Am yes but that's but they say say a sliding scale um you if you're over 100 miles away then the cost increases I see. like over a thousand the cost increases i see in this case, you know where you're going. It's not a shot in the dark. You don't suddenly step through a gate and find yourself in the court of Azathoth and burning all your magic points and dying. Hopefully. Well, we hope not. <laughs> Although we don't really know where we're going to end up on the island. That is true. So I'm wondering, should we still try to get close to try to gauge, um, I don't know, like... Uh, if people are walking about or if lights are on or well it's it's under construction right now so if if it's nighttime yeah. unless they're unless they're working construction at night which i don't know if they would or not and we can still get close enough to look i, I, I would think reasonably um that it would be abandoned i would think Where, wherever you end up you're you're gonna um be quite well your vahidi is gonna be there Yep. She she has the other orb, so um, expect to see her when you. Oh, okay. And that's another question: Is she a target too, or do we try to like neutralize her without be, being lethal with no, her? No, I think um, our our target is is primarily Akmechi. However, um, in the moment, I I leave that the discretionary powers up to you too. I mean, right. if you're if you're if you're threatened, if it turns out that she's not reliable and you're threatened, then that's going to have to be dealt with. But she is not a target as such, no. All right. I know. Did we get body armor? Was that part of the viable list of things that were delivered, Matthew? Yep, I believe it was one of the things you requested. I just didn't um, know if it was actually something that was. I don't know what what body armor was like in the '70s, so. I think it's going to be this, the limit would be something along the lines of a bulletproof vest. Okay. So it's not, not going to be entirely body covering, but at least will provide um, some degree of protection. Okay. Um, it will, against bullets, it will provide you two points of armor. Okay. All right. I would get people locked and loaded on grenades, frags. I definitely want my 12 gauge a shotgun along with my automatic and a knife, and I'm good with the best. What, what type of grenades did you uh, pick up? I asked for frag, smoke, and flashbang. Okay. Maybe you have yep, a flashbang. You like certainly that. have flashbangs. They're not an issue because I know they've, um, they would be, at least an equivalent would be around. What do you say? The flashbangs were good? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was thinking about. Getting the the flashbangs. That's what I particularly want. Right Flashbang are probably the most useful. If we have to use regular frag grenades, then we're in way over our head, probably. <laughs> you definitely have at least anti anti personnel. So these grenades, unlike necessarily in the movies, don't necessarily throw them into a room and they blow the entire room up. Sure. Um, but they are used to to neutralize the fleshy uh, the fleshy adversary. Yep. Okay. And and what about um, a silencer or something like that? Do we... oh. Yeah, you can definitely have silencers because this is a, um, as you explained to Bennett, this is not where you are going into um, do some work. And, and these, you don't want uh, to necessarily 
too much attention drawn to you. Can the uh, uh, silencers, can they be the movie style silencers that are actually silent? <laughs> well, they'd, be, they'd suppress the sound as best they can. It ends up being a almost like a or a click, click, click. So okay. it, it'll be heard in the same room, but not necessarily beyond it. All right, that, that sounds good. I don't think that works my sawed off, but I'll definitely put one on the autom on the thirty eight. <laughs> if, if, if they ever develop a, a silencer for a sawn off shotgun, then I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's. I, I think I'm good. Just yep, I'm ready when, whenever you know. So yeah, I'll, I'll packing the sniper rifle as well, just in case I can find a, a decent uh, setup position and uh, Robert can show me the best way to to shoot. Well, if you guys are looking at me, you'll notice that I'm nervous and a, uh, a nice uh, coach halftime pep talk might be good too, so. Uh, well, I'm not nervous, you know. Uh, I, I'm going into this thinking that, you know, I've got two of the best people on my team, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of uh, confident in our success here. Right, that makes makes one of us at least. But I think we're ready. Do we know how to use this little gold orby thing? The Taisy? Yeah, well, as you've got an idea that it is a gate, or at least a gate box, and I believe Postgate has worked out um, through trial and error how to use these, I can, I'm assuming that that knowledge will be shared between you. Okay. No, correct me if I'm wrong. No, we're, we're, we're sharing the information, at least. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them everything I know. Right. In which case, the three of you grab hold of the orb. Um, it requires one magic point and one sanity point to use. Oh. Okay. Magic yeah. points we get back. Um, yeah. Okay. What, what yeah. time are we going in? Do we want to narrow that down? I think it should definitely be after dark. After dark. Oh, did you say, uh, yeah. You want to do like 2 or 3 a.m. kind of thing, or? Yeah. Catch him sleeping? Hopefully. Does evil ever, ever sleep? <laughs> it depends on how loud this process is, first of all. And also, we'd have to, if we are going at night, we'd have to have flashlights in it, you know, in order to be able to see. Um, so we'll have to be careful of those. What do we have in the fridge? Do we have any leftovers? Restaurant leftovers? <laughs> if he has dogs, I want to bring like a steak or something. Oh, that's not a bad idea. The sausage links, you got to have those. That's you the common. You want to uh, coat it in like rat poison or something? <laughs> oh, we don't. Uh, just or something to distract them. Like if, if they start well, shaking this, we could just... Well, the thing here is, you know, they can eat the, the meat quite quickly and then they'll still be on us. But with uh, rat poison or maybe even coated in chocolate or something. Oh, I mean, you don't know. Worst case, shoot them, but... Yeah, but then that's wasting our ammunition. Oh, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bring uh, meat to the table, I guess, um, sorry for that pun, but um, <laughs> if you're going to bring that, you might as well lace it with some sort of poison. 
Okay. If Matt, uh, uh, if I can search the apartments to see anything, is it anything like that in the under the kitchen or something? Yeah. So you were left with kind of basic provisions, as it were, um, so that you didn't have a completely empty house when you arrived. Um, give me a luck roll to see whether you've eaten your way through it or not. Twenty-two pass. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got some sandwiches. You've got some cold meats or some mezzies and so on. Yeah, you've, you've got a selection of stuff that could be um, fairly appealing to, to the likes of furry friends or anyone else for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my real motivation. I'm going to be snacking on. <laughs> And now we're going to battle empty, um, with an empty stomach. <laughs> right, so you've got food, you've got weaponry, you've got your armor. Any other preparations before we jump? Can't think of any. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm wearing dark clothes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my main thing. And I'll park the car away from any streetlights. Gotcha. Yeah, there's plenty of places to, um, to park where it won't be uh, won't be observed. So you are you are all set at the university. Okay, right, chaps. The ball's in your court. Right. Let's do it. Yep. Bottle nosed off. I've got my pistol, my thirty-eight ready. Okay. With the three of you, um, one of you has hold of the orb, and the others, then you clasp your hands around it so that you're cupped in all three um, through the hands. You focus upon it, and from within that ball of hand in between you, light starts radiating out from between the cracks in your fingers, and reality just stretches around you. There's a flash, and everything starts to distort. It's almost as if everything stretches like it's made of elastic but you're the only thing that's constant the three of you surrounded at the center of this movement while you do not move the world around you moves and slowly you start to see a room form um, that seems hexagonal um, it's stone there is light um, there are tables around you and then everything snaps back into um, into focus can I have a party luck roll from the three of you that are going? So whoever has the lowest luck. Mine is 59. I actually got it back up there a little bit. I'm being... I'm at 57. Winner, winner so far. Mm -hmm. Tell me you're muted. Yeah. Mine's is uh, 60. Oh boy. Uh, he's aiming at <laughs> <Lebeau. laughs> See, I just wasted a 22 on bringing snacks with him. So. <laughs> Here we go. Got to have snacks, man. Oh, oh. All right, 52. Ooh, all right. Is that a pass? That is a pass by five points. Hey, there you go. Right. In any case, when you arrive, you hear that there is sound above you. So there is definitely some um, some room above where you are, but there doesn't seem to be um, any any immediate hostile around where you are. Um, you arrive next to a bench. Um, it looks like a workshop that you've arrived in. Um, so the lights are on in here. Um, there's lots of metalworking equipment. There's a small furnace in one corner. Um, there's also what looks to be a fairly prominent wall safe. 
off on another wall. And only one way out of the room. It's, it's, it's hexagonal. One of those facets of the six sides is a alcove that goes obviously into a spiral staircase going up. It doesn't go down. So it seems you are on the lowest level of the tower. And the one, the orb that this connects to is brightly lit when you arrive, but that light is now rapidly fading, as is the one in your own box or your own orb. Where's that sitting? Uh, just on a small pillow next to, um, on the edge of one of the benches. Um, it does not look like the Hebe is here, but at least her box is, or at least her orb is. And you said there are lights on in here? We can see naturally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, they're electric lights. There are no windows, though. Okay. As appealing as that safe would be, that's not why we're here, right? So it's <laughs> like, I think he would just signal like, I don't know all the military like sign language, but it's kind of like the, you know, and group to formation and just start creeping up the stairs, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I'll follow your lead. Now, um, you said that there were sounds from upstairs. Does it, does it sound like uh, there's like maybe walking or somebody doing some sort of patrol? It sounds like walking, except someone with a lot of weight behind them. It sounds like something, someone heavy moving around up there. Uh, does it, well, the, the question, does it sound like it's just one person probably pacing back and forth, or does it sound like several? It sounds like one person. And you can give me listen rolls as well. Let's do that. I got an extreme success of an 8 out of 45. Oh, in which case, um, you hear some gentle snoring off in one corner uh, behind one of the benches. On this floor? Yes, on this floor. Did anybody else hear it? I don't know if I kind of overlapped there. Mm. I no, I actually failed to. Wayne, did you, you got it, right? No, I got a ninety-six. Oh, okay. So I'll just I'll do like the stop and like, and I'll point to the area, just like, and then just, right. just approach it with a gun drawn. Yeah, yeah. Don't look good doing this. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> and yeah, just so it's like what you said, one of the alcoves on this down here. Yeah, there's there's the one alcove which the biggest alcove which leads out and then is a spiral staircase going okay. up. The other walls are, there are carved arches um, in a couple of places where it looks like there might have been a doorway, all these planned but not built, or not built yet. And near one of those, not so much that it is an alcove going into the wall, but behind one of the benches in front of one of these arches, um, there is gentle snoring coming from roughly, as you've got an extreme, coming from roughly floor level. You think there's probably a small cot bed that's just out of sight down there. Okay. I, I mean, I guess we gotta check it out, see if it's Fahidi or. Sounds like the the big guys upstairs. So, I, I mean, I would creep over, and if they follow me, it's fine. Just kind of, you know, get the gun drawn and see who it is. Because it is right, just an elk. It's just a few feet over, right? Like across yeah, it's about like fifteen foot across. If I if I got uh, if I could get your attention, um, sure. I would be like, uh, I would point to him and I would draw a line over my throat. <laughs> we don't need anybody coming 
from behind and you know surprising us or ambushing us from behind. So if we can quietly take them out. So like Eamon like nods and he put, he holsters his gun and he pulls out this this really I'll just say a big ass knife like not quite Rambo size but a really good sized knife that looks old but in very in really good shape right. Mm-hmm. He just has it point down and just kind of and he creeps over just to check it out. I want to determine who it is first before I go stabby. Oh. Yeah. So you quietly make your way over. Um, they are so still gently snoring as you approach. They are not, they're completely out. They're not going to wake up midway mm-hmm. through you, uh, standing there with a knife over them. Um, it is Bahidi, which is lying there on a cot bed. Um, she's still pretty much fully dressed, although her, her blouse is open. Um, her head's laying back on a pillow. Um, it looks like she's pretty much just finished working and then just collapsed down onto the bed and she is out cold and so gently snoring. She's not the priority. I don't know if I can mouth this to Natalia where she will understand it, but I'm just like... Mm. All right. Um, I'll leave it up to you. You know, I, I'll your choice basically. You know, I don't I'm know trying- how it would. Yeah, I mean, we will all have um, training, I guess, um, in the military with military sign language. So I would do the equivalent of it's up to you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would take her out, but then that's just me. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I still like hearing your opinion because that was my, like I was almost 50-50, but I was a little more 51% that she probably should go. I mean, LeBeau is just like, do to do, you can, <laughs> it's bloody on my hands. I'm watching these hand signals between you two going. <laughs> I almost... I almost feel like I should leave it up to a dice roll. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how a person in this situation would react because she wasn't seen as a threat, but who they represent or what they are can be perceived as a threat. And I mean, if she just wants to take the crown when the king is dead, that doesn't really make her much better. Right. I guess I'm talking out my justification to make myself feel better. Um, can you blame a guy? It's a, this is a life here. Can I, and if this is like metagaming or whatever, uh, just stop me or whatever. But I'm wondering, um, we sort of asked Postgate what he thought, and he said not to. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that would sort of count as an, an order from our senior officer. Hmm. Um, if you're thinking rankings, um, yeah. You, you could view Postgate as being the superior by um, by experience, by age, and so forth. Yeah. But there is no ranking as such between you. You are effectively equals. It's just you are you are acknowledging his okay. um, superior capability rather than being authority superior. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, yeah, it is very much on you. But there's a, there will be consequence. Obviously, if you then go back to Postgate and say, "Yeah, by the way." <laughs> That person that we did, you know, didn't want you to kill. Yeah, she did. <laughs> She's uh, tripping on it. If that's the case, then I, I'll say just leave her. Okay. I, if, 
Yeah. And my, I guess I thought I was going to go that way, but my gut says, eh, I'm probably going to regret this later. So reholster the knife and come back to you guys and just like nod to the ascending staircase, like, you know, basically, shall we? You can, yeah. as you've gone over and you've seen her, you can give me a spot hidden roll then as you're not immediately going stabby stabby. Oh, just him? Yes, he's the only one that's uh, seen her yet. I rolled a 41 uh, out of 45, so yeah. No, just then as you're turning away, uh, just to, uh, to leave her where she is, um, you catch sight that she's got her arms, uh, one is kind of tucked un um, under her hair, the other one's down by her side. Um, in the one tucked under her head, so you can see the, uh, um, the hand just coming out from under the pillow, you can see that she's grasping something. Um, it looks like, um, it glints, it's metallic, it looks like the end of a key. Um, but what looks like probably the key that would open the wall safe. It's that kind of su substantial type of key. Oh, it's like a big key? Um, it's not big, it's, it's about like that. But she, she's got it grasped kind of lightly in one hand. So if you did want to try and remove it, it would be possible. That's not even cool, Matthew. <laughs> I just don't want to just tempt me. Hey, that's my job. I'm supposed to be the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> I know. Way too good at it. I like your style. Uh, I leave it. Mm -hmm. I leave it for now. That's not our mission at the moment. We can come back. Gotcha. At least you know you know where it is when the when the proverbial hits the fan. If I can, I catch Ammon's eye. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be turning around and coming back to you. So I figured so. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my hands and I'll say. What, grenade? <laughs> I'd say out loud. No, all right. If we, if you know, if we would know the same militant sign language, I would, I would hope that you could, we could yeah, just. You, you can have nonverbal communication, but you can speak to communicate in that sense. Okay. I, I'm asking, do you see the orb, the other orb? Oh, yeah, because I, I think he, show, he said we all saw that because it was glowing. Yeah, it's on the corner of a table on a small, um, small purple pillow. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. I guess I guess we could grab it so she couldn't transport to that's us and surprise us. Yep, that's what I was thinking. So <laughs> if you want to pick, if you're there picking it up, I'll come near you and maybe both of you. I'm just like I point to the safe, and I just like key. I I, I say I basically say she has it in her hand. Like not now, but later maybe we investigate, and then if we grab the other orb, then we can be on our way. Does that make, yep. does that work? Yep. Okay, so you grab it, Lobo, do you have both? Yep, I'll, I'll, uh, do I have both? Yes, I think you do now. You said okay. you paid the cost for the transportation, so I would say. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. All right, as you walk to go grab the other one, so the banging, when you've got both in your hand, that's when all of you can hear a less heavy, also a lighter footsteps from upstairs where someone walks across the floor, the floor above you. And then you hear tap, 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 as if they're going up the stairs, down the spiral staircase, you hear the footsteps echoing down. But there's still someone, say someone fairly heavy, moving around in the middle of the room. So one person has left and one remains upstairs. 
And the person, the person that's left, you said they're going up or down? The person that's left is going up. Okay. Yeah, they're not definitely not coming down to where you are. You passed, you passed your luck crawl before us uh, before jumping in, so you're not jumping right into the heat. <laughs> and this is a tall tower, right? If I remember. Oh yes, yeah. It goes plenty um, above ground. Yeah. Um, one thing that will be fairly obvious to you then, as you're um, as you've been around here for a few minutes, you can't hear the sounds of the river outside. It becomes um, fairly ob uh, fairly obvious to you. You must be below ground. Mm. Okay. So you are well in the sub base, uh, the sub the rock of the sub basement here. How how tightly the, uh, does she have that key in her hand? Not in not so the point where she, you can't grab it out from her. Um, it basically be a luck roll to see whether she feels it being removed from her hand or not. Okay. I look to the both of you. Should we take the key and see what's in this vault? I mean, I guess we are CAA. We do find stuff out. I mean, Eamon's probably like chomping at the bit, but at the same time, I understand. So if you want to. You're also not in any immediate danger by the sound. There's no, there's no alarm that's gone off. There's nothing we can hear anyway. Um, there's no one else around. So you do have, you're not on the clock as it were. If you decided to take the key, then I would have my knife ready to, to keep her quiet, to let her know that she needs to be quiet if she wakes up. Okay. I wish I would have brought some chloroform or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you brought rat poison meat. Just give her a little bit of that. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, Natalia, if you take it, I'll back you up. All right. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. I just yeah, that I feel like I pushed Wayne into that. And that is a failure. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> 75 out of uh, 60. So. Okay. So not, not a fail by a mile anyway. Um, you crouch down beside her and then slowly start to reach forward and grab, uh, grab hold of the key. Um, you grab hold of the loop around the top and then slowly start to pull it out. So for a minute there, it feels like you've, you've got it and she hasn't realized. You pull the last, the head of the key out from between her fingers and then start to pull back. And as you do so, you just see that she's just looking there with her eyes open straight into your face, but she isn't making any sound. I'll continue to pull the key and um, stare her right in her eyes with this uh, sort of dead stare, like, you better not move or say anything. No, she, she remains completely motionless. She just, she just looks at you. You can just see her eyes following you around as you move. Okay. What type of look does she have in her eyes? Not surprise, I guess, but... Um, give me a psychology roll. I would... I would like to do the same if that mm -hmm. I'm definitely. Oh, wow. Just made it. Um, 64 nice. out of 65. Nice. Nice, mate. Okay. Um, it's a mixture of emotions. There's partly relief. Um, there is concern and a little bit of worry. But you don't catch any 
hostile look. Okay. Yep, that's that's what I was just looking for to see if she was uh, hostile. Okay. Yeah. No, she she's not. She doesn't look like she's on the verge of getting up and uh, starting a fight or anything like that. She's she's very much keep calm, stay here, keep your head down. I didn't get that, so I'm still trained on her <laughs> for now. Why okay. or why Natalia does her thing. All right, so I got the key. I'm gonna um, go over to this vault. Okay. Yep. Um, in which case, Amon will see that she, um, her eyes follow Natalia as she heads over there. They open a little bit wider to a degree of concern, but she doesn't say anything. She just looks between you, looks between Natalia, and looks back at um, Amon again. It's not a combination lock, it's just a key and then a handle to pull. Okay. So it opens up, it opens with a bit of a click, because it's a fairly um, fairly heavy door. And inside, there's there's a couple of things. Um, it's uh, two, like two trays that are in there, or two, two sections. Um, in the section below, there seems to be quite a large uh, piles of hard cash. Uh, lots of uh, US dollars, French francs, um, Turkish lira. It seems this this is their best, basically their stash of cash that they've got here. Quite a lot of it um, from just the, the first glance. Okay. And above, there's a small, I think it's relatively flat, but maybe about that wide, about that deep, um, wooden box, uh, polished mahogany, um, nice brass. Uh, Brass hinge on the back, two hinges on the back, and a small clasp. Hmm. I'll pick it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, it feels it's not particularly heavy. Um, it's almost as if it's a gun case. Okay. It's that kind of weight, so it feels like it could be a handgun kind of size weight inside. All right, I'll. Uh... I'll take it out, I'll place it on the floor, and I'll look to the two of you and give you a look like, I'm gonna open this, but uh, anything pops out that's not supposed to pop out of a small box like this, <laughs> you know, cover me. I just give you like the hurry up sign, like, all right, all right, yeah. But then I, I, I kind of pull back and I, I'm ready, I guess, LeBeau. Okay. Has Vahidi reacted differently? Uh, no, she's keeping an eye on that. Pretty much just keeping an eye on the box when she sees it come out of the wall. Well, that makes me feel good. I'll look at her. Does she have a look of like fright? Like, no. I'll let the I'll let the ride roll. Uh, the roll yeah. ride roll. Um, she doesn't look necessarily worried, but she looks. It's almost as if she's trying to say with her eyes, "Be careful." Okay. So I'll I'll open it. Okay. Um, inside, it's a shaped, uh, again, purple pillow that has a recess in which this thing can sit comfortably and snugly. Um, it's a about 10 inches or so long. Um, exquisite craftsmanship um, with cryptic arabesques that run all along its shaft. A ornately and um, seems to be handmade silver key. Oh. Good job, Natalia. I'm saying that in my mind. It's like, yep. 
pack that up for later. <laughs> she was the one building it for Ekmechi, so I don't know if it's good for either of them to have. Not okay. Well, that's a little meta game because I can't say that out loud. But anyway, nope. I, I mean, I, I I'm right there with you, so I'm gonna pop this cake. Like you're, does that mean you're taking it out and put it in your pocket, or are you trying to carry the box around with you? The box is I'm gonna, bit more I'm going to take it out and, and put it in my pocket. I love it when people say that. Can I have a hard power roll, please? <laughs> oh, God. No uh, way. Natalia, no. <laughs> and her head explodes. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I felt that one. Uh, 83 oh. out of 60. Okay. Spend luck. <laughs> you can spend luck if you wish. Or push it. Of course, that oh. thing. I'll push it. <laughs> what is push it? Oh. I like to look dangerously. Oh, oh okay. That works. 59 <laughs> out of 60. Everybody, ah, you pass. Okay. Everything really worked. <laughs> In which case, you have the option. It's not that it just automatically happens. And also, if on a failed push, you end up spent, uh, uh, multiplying the cost by 1d6 times over. So, yeah, good, good for you on this instance. Um, you have the option. This thing, when you, um, when you touch it, that you connect with it, has an innate power. It can open... I hesitate to use the word gate, but it can open a door to somewhere and that you know that the arches around you are these doors. Um, oh. It has the ability to open one of these arches to somewhere. Nice. So it's really dependent on you now whether you want to open one or not. Right now? Um, we still have uh, to take care of some business upstairs, so. I won't open, open up any other door unless I have to do another power roll to resist opening up a door. You have to escape. Um, it, it would be another roll to do it later if you wished. Um, give me an int roll to see if you can get int. a bit more ins insight into what this does. No. Uh, it's a 98. Okay. Um, you're not sure how long it would be open for. Okay. So you could potentially open it now and come back later, but you don't know how long it would be open for. <laughs> okay. Or necessarily where it goes. That's, that's right. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to play with that right now. We've got other things to do, so not right now. Ooh. Okay. In which case, then you, you feel that um, that initial power recede, uh, recede back into the key, but otherwise, then nothing happens. Okay. All right. So are you, are you pocketing it or putting it away? Yeah, I'll put it back into the box. Are you keeping the box? Yeah, how big is this box again? It's about like that by like that. Getting it in a pocket might be a bit difficult. Oh, um, I, the key stuff would go yeah. quite happily. Would any, any of us have like uh, maybe a small satchel or something? Yeah, given the amount of equipment you've got between you, you've probably got, you've probably got a satchel, yeah. Okay, we'll just stash it in there. For the time being. No problem. And again, none, none of this seems to have alerted anyone anywhere else in the building. All right, so what do we do with her? Um, 
I think if you pocket that, I would just look at her and I would just tell her to be shh and stay here. And it's time to go upstairs, I think. Does that work? Are we good? Is, is yep. that, are we in agreement anyway? All right, I got I got my silenced pistol out and uh, uh yeah, I have mine's out as well. I'm not sure what marching order you guys want to do, but well, when we go into a room, um, you could take left, I'll take right, um, and then we'll if you if you if you're looking up, I'll look down, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. I, I'll sort of like you know counter mirror what you're doing. Okay, just like all the cool action movies. <laughs> All right, we're doing it. All right, so you're heading up. The, the staircase is, it's not narrow per se, but getting two people side by side going up it is difficult because okay. the one that would be nearest the center of the staircase is pretty much uh, dancing on what little lip of a stair they can, uh, they can get their foot on. <laughs> so right, it, um, is, it is one person up at a time. We'll go single file, but I'll, I'll um, have my gun aimed over the shoulder of, uh, Eamon. Okay. Alrighty. So that, that sounds like it's Eamon going first, or is yeah. uh, or or we should. Put, I mean, the best the best shooter should go up front. Say, unless Lebo wants to take point, I'll take it either way. I'm good. Okay, I will take point. Okay. Good. Can I, since I'm bringing up the rear, could I give Vahidi a look and be like? You stay here. Are we on the same page? Uh, she doesn't reply verbally, but she just nods very, very slightly. Okay. Well, we're good for the moment. She turns into a big tentacle monster. So, <laughs> all right. Are we? Uh, do we need to stealth or? No, no, um, not yet. Anyway. Okay. Uh, you start heading up the staircase. And it's about 10 feet up before you get to the, ne um, the next level above you. Um, when you get up there, you can see as you slowly come round the corner, you can see an arch that goes into the, um, into the room above. Um, again, it's all lit here quite brightly, so there's no um, there's like dark shadows or anywhere where people can hide. Um, it's another similar hexagonal room where you can see, again, arches cut into the other, um, the other walls. On the wall immediately opposite where you come out of, there is a small alcove with a pedestal sat in the middle and a large crystal ball about this, about a foot and a half wide Ooh. sat upon it. It looks quite nice. Um, again, there's a very small hint of light coming from inside it, but other than that, it looks like it's another gate box, but one that's been kept station, uh, stationary, one that's um, just bigger than the others. Oh, um, that's the the first thing that uh, um, leaps into um, leaps into your field of vision. There are various things. Obviously, you, you take the whole scene in at the same time. Um, there are bookshelves or bookcases in a couple of different places around the room where there are um, lots of large leather-bound books. There's some paperbacks. It looks like a small library it doesn't seem to be very much um like a uh, like a fiction library it seems to be reference um well, some of these books look particularly old others look um, relatively new um, there are sofas that are stood back maybe about six foot away from each of the walls so that there's a large central area 
uh, which is a bit more cleared. There are a couple of tables by the um, by the chairs, so it looks like the cubes, say reading desks and so on. So there are other books, which are another notes, um, which are scattered around. It's not um, OCD level of cleanly or tidiness, but it looks like at least it's in a relatively good state of order. Uh, one of the sofas looks like it's been slept on very recently. Uh, there is a uh, blanket that's kind of thrown over to one side, but whoever was up here is not here now. Um, you can assume that was the person that was um, heading upstairs. There is someone present in the room that you obviously see as soon as you get around the corner. Um, stood in the middle of the room, but not immediately looking at you. So this is where we'll call one for a sanity check, and then, depending on how you, um, how you guys pass it, then a stealth roll after. Yeah. Um, because, the, um, because Natalia said you were looking over his shoulder to get a good line of sight, you can make the roll as well. Uh, LeBeau is spared this for the moment, because sure. there are two people in front, but as obviously as soon as you uh, get sight of it, you'll then have to make roll. I didn't make it. Can you spend luck on sanity rolls? I don't think, can, okay. No, not on sand rolls. Can um, you push him? <laughs> <laughs> Probably <enough>, no. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I, I got a 57 out of 50, so. Okay, uh, that will be 1d10 then, please. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. I got an eight. So good. Oh, we got one. This is feeling so good. Okay, Natalia is fine then. Um, Eamon needs to give me an int roll. This is the one you want to fail. It's the one you want to fail. So I want a 68 or above. Come on, dice, fail me now. I got a 52. I, I passed, Matthew. Okay. Can I spend um, luck to fail? Um, <laughs> actually, yes. Yeah. Um, no, this this is one option I always um, I always give in games I run. So if you want to spend the luck to fail the roll, you can do. Really, I can. If you, if you don't, then you're going to make a reaction that you're going to provoke a reaction that will attract this thing's attention. I, I figured so. Okay, so, two, so that's 15 uh, luck points. I think it's, I, yeah, I'm going to spend it because I think it's very important right now to make, you know, stay in the right frame of mind the best I can. Right. Um, I, will, I will spend it to just make, basically just make the roll. Gotcha. Okay, so you don't gasp, you don't uh, suddenly scream or otherwise yelp that would attract its attention. Um, yes, not that, if I can. <laughs> you can, partly you can smell this thing from a way off as well. Um, it reeks, it's like wet, wet dog. It's, it's just vile. It's slightly hunched. Um, you're seeing it from the back, so it's not looking directly towards you. Uh, in fact, it's looking completely away. It's almost like a large ape, but its hands dangle down by its sides, but they bend in a way that almost implies it's more insectoid than, than animal. Um, long claws that uh, slightly scratch against the floor as it stood there. You can see its back and chest rising as it breathes. But it's just stood relatively, mo uh, relatively motionless. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> I know I want to kill it. That's all I know. I know that I, I want to kill it. That's. I'm not sure what 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 Natalia is doing, but I just look at her, probably like, 
Like I turned to her like, yeah, you know, wide eyed. Yeah. I mean, we, I, it, it hasn't nope. noticed, it hasn't noticed us. Not yet. No. The, the probably the thing that catches um, why Eamon has such a bad reaction to this is that in that ball on the other side of the room, he catches a reflection of this thing's face. Oh. And I think one, one of the best descriptions I've heard of these uh, was actually from uh, Draw the Blinds on Yesterday that, uh, that Mick ran, where he described its face as an afterthought. I think that is a fantastic line uh, for these. It looks like it's molten. There's just this sliding impression of a, of a face that maybe once had been made of wax that just drips down its face. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's ghastly from the front. It really is. Uh, yeah, let's try to quietly take it out. <laughs> Boy, I really want to use the sawed off, but you know what? That means I have to get in danger close. Like within five yards right. to do any maximum damage, that would be really probably dangerous with the length of the claws, right? I mean, this thing's tall, taller than us. Yep, it's about it's six foot tall while it's slumped. Oh yeah, wow. so wow. Wow. <laughs> to get with five yards is a mistake. Well, still fifteen feet though. Grenade, flashbang. Ooh. Flashbang and then attack? Yeah. Do it. Do an attack. I'll be ready. I hold up. No, now, now, now here's here's the other question. Like if we use the, the flashbang, does it does it give us like a bonus bonus dice on our, our uh, next attack? Since it doesn't really do any damage. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a it, funny thing. How I put it, it would be that it has a penalty die because it doesn't necessarily have an effect on you guys, but it will severely hamper it. Okay. Okay, that works. No, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering, wondering how that works. Okay. So uh, you know, um, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, do the throw. What's that? So I'll let you you uh, throw the uh, flash oh. break. Great. I don't even know if that was it under explosives. Uh, should technically just it, be under. It, it wouldn't use any. It, an explosives roll would mainly be if you want to try and like blow open the safe door downstairs. Um, in this case, it would be just you pull the pin, you throw it. Okay. I won't bother uh, bother having you make a throw roll because it's just you throw it in front of you. Um, you want to lob it past the creature so that it then sees the blast going off. Yep. This will be mainly visual disorientation. You see that it yep. definitely has eyes. You're not too sure if it's got ears, but it definitely has eyes. Now we want to like do this and and then and then attack, I guess. Like let LeBeau know and be like <laughs> this what I'm, I'm picturing LeBeau coming up the stairs and seeing you both going like this. <laughs> I mean yeah you're probably just behind us and you see us our expression like we like look down at the flashbang Nod at it, grab it, pull the pin, throw it, right? Something like that. And you, yeah, you should know instinctively, it's like, what's that? Dude, we just basically turn turn away from it since it's a, mm -hmm. a flashback. Turn plug your ears. Yeah. I guess I'll, I'll throw it. What do you want me to do? Yeah. As soon as, as, soon as it goes off, um, we I'll can throw. start our shooting, basically. 
So you want me to do a throw roll? No, no, so you, you can just lob it. It's not in, um, this is kind of pre-combat, as it were. So I'll, okay. I'll give you the freebie. You can just throw it into the room. All right. And it's away. Yep. Uh, a second later, you, you hear it hit the floor, at which point this thing in the middle of the room reacts um, almost like a, like a dumb ape. It goes, <clears throat> at which point it turns and bang. Uh, the room is filled with lights, um, so hands over the ears. You still hear the, the boom, but it's not enough to disori uh, disorientate you. Uh, Eamon, as you threw it, you can give me a 1d4 roll. 1d4. Sure. Oh. Uh, three. Okay, that's how many rounds it's going to be disorientated, so it will have a penalty die on all actions for the next three rounds. Kill it. I hate to sound so harsh, but... Um, Dex orders. Uh, remember with a readied gun out or readied weapon, that will uh, range weapon, that will give you plus 50 to your dex. I think so, since I'm throwing, it probably would be Natalia, not myself. Yeah. Maybe Lebeau. Yeah, well, since I was right behind you, so I'll, I'll, I'll try shooting it. Okay, um, let me just make sure what the dex order is. So your dex is? My dex is 50. Okay. And Lebeau? Uh, 60 with the weapon out. 60 with the weapon out? Oh, no, with the weapon out. 60 plus the weapon. I got it, so 110. 110. Yeah, so mine's is... Uh, 100. Okay, cool. And then... O'Sullivan? Mine is 50. Okay, and then plus the 50 as well when you have a weapon out. But So the minute you're going on 50. And then it... Well, if we don't do this in the first yeah. round, it's going to rip our arms off and beat us to death with them or something. Yeah, it'll be a short mission. Right, LeBeau would technically be up first, but you've got two people in front of you, so do you wish to hold at this point? Yeah. Then it's Natalia on 100. All right. Do we? All right, that is 43 out of 55. Nice. All right, it's a regular hit. Yep. yep. Um, if you wish to roll damage. Yep. And that is 10 points of damage. Oh. Okay. That is a palpable hit. You see that it definitely impacts. It's not that it passes through or bounces off. It definitely hits. Um, there's something that maybe resembles blood that starts to flow out of this thing. So it seems to have at least conventional or some kind of internal organ structure. Uh, or this black-like ooze starts... Um, pulsating out of it um it reacts it it yells and yelps and jumps back but yeah you you hurt it okay cool. nice okay. uh next then will be aemon i will if i'm able to draw my weapon up i'll try to move up and over a little bit like into just slightly into the room so that the bow can come next yeah you can make room for him to come by yeah yep and then i'll, I'll fire the 38 I know it's already probably too late to save the noise, but I really figure I have to close hard for the shotgun. So I'm just going to, since the pistol's out, I just use that. Um, but I was not aiming beforehand. So just a standard roll and um, handgun is going to be a 20 out of uh, 75. So it's a hard success. Okay. Yep. So it doesn't get dodged against ranged weaponry. So you can roll damage. All right, and this is a D10, and I'm going to roll. That is a 10. That right there. I got that zero, baby. 
I'm making quick work of this. Yes. I can do that and then die happily. <laughs> well, um, again, it's a palpable hit. You catch this thing pretty much in the chest as it turns. It staggers back, and again, there's a large hole which has opened up in it, and it, it bleeds quite profusely. Um, it screams, so this, this mouth, this molten impression of the mouth just opens with a line of raggedy teeth that are pointing in different directions. And it, it's evidently in pain. Not good. Oh, the question I was going to ask is, uh, the, the noise that it's making, is it like substantial uh, to draw its attention? It's like a roaring bear, but then also the flashbang having gone off, that there's a lot of noise having gone off anyway. Okay. So, you know, Eamon, don't worry about that shotgun. <laughs> I know. I, it just was already in the hand, so he just kind of like reflexively drew up, stepped aside, and shot. But the shotgun is ready. But let's see what LeBeau does here. Right? Yeah, as, as you have moved at least to one side, that will give LeBeau line of sight over um, Natalia's shoulder. Um, that'll be the point where you can make your sanity roll. Oh, that makes me feel bad. I move aside. <laughs> LeBeau goes crazy. Uh oh. Sorry, guys. 96. Oh, okay. Uh, not, not quite a fumble then, but close. Uh, you can roll me 1d10. Let me, let me just double check, make sure it's not a 60, but I don't think so. Times when you wish your little dice didn't have that line underneath it, you know? It's a 90, yep. Uh, sorry, 1d10? Indeed, yes. Roll a one. Ooh, seven. Oh. Uh, that'll be that'll be int roll time as it's more than five. Sorry, Jeff. Ooh, seventy-six is a fail against the seventy. Hey, hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, you retain control of your action. You still take that immediate punch in the face in terms of sanity, but okay. you are you are remaining in control of your actions. So, what do you wish to do? Um, I will attempt to shoot it again. Okay, I'll let rip. Good. Do you agree? Oh, with, uh, you agree with our decision to kill it? <laughs> nope. A ninety-seven. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> there's a click. The the shot from his mouth just goes over its shoulder. Shoot so it's not not a jam at that level. Right, this leaves its action. Uh, um, it is going to rush forward to try and get the new, um, to get the nearest target, which will be Eamon, as you're the one that stepped into the room. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um, he's also severely damaged. So, I think it's going to take a relatively, uh, what at least it believes will be a relatively safe course of action. It's going to try a fighting manoeuvre on you. So, I will... Eight dice. Do I choose to dodge or fight back? Is that how that usually goes? Exactly, yeah. I think I choose to dodge. <laughs> okay. I remember, it's going to have a penalty die on its action as well because of the flashbang. Okay. Do, do I roll dodge now? Or yes. do you want me to wait? All right, I will roll it. Dodge is a 75. 
I rolled a 65, so a normal success. Gotcha. And I've used a online random number generator because I can't find I can't find where I put my dice at the minute. But even so, it seems like these also hate me because either I get <laughs> 95 or 95. So, <laughs> wow! You should play the lottery. Holy cow! <laughs> The problem is I do. I manage to miss every number each week. <laughs> if there was a prize for that, then I'd be a rich man by now. <laughs> I, this thing rushes towards you, and all you need to do is sidestep it. It's almost uh, almost like a comedy cartoon moment where it rushes forwards towards you, its hands out, ready to try and what seems to be grab you or, or give you a very big hug. Um, at that point, it just smashes into the wall and bounces off. Excellent. Uh, that takes you to the top of the next round. So that would be Robert, right? Yep, that'll be LeBeau. Yep. Might as Do well uh, try to finish it. Do it. Uh, fail. So okay. Not a 90. <clears throat> <laughs> so there is, there is another bang, but otherwise you take a chunk out the floor. Uh, then you're tied for Natalia and O'Sullivan. As uh, much as I would love to shotgun this thing in the face right here, I just, I don't know. I mean, what kind of action is it just to drop the pistol like on the nearest couch and pull out the shotgun? I'm, I'm fairly relaxed on that. So you'd be able to, you'd be able to drop it and take a shot. Because I'd say you normally would have a penalty die, but this thing's right in front of you that would give you point blank. So, it kind of cancels itself out. Okay. Go for it. I will do the shotgun. Okay, give me a standard roll then. Okay. Um, because it is a point blank, it does get a chance to at least roll out of the way. But, as mentioned, it has a penalty die because it's on its second round of action. Okay. Ah, uh, dang it. I miss. I rolled a 76. It fails as well, so it's a it's a combination of failures. It's going to go with twenty seven or seventy seven. So it's just a regular failure, right? Yeah. So there's just again, there's a loud boom. You take out another another large section of the floor. So there's bits of debris flying up, um, flying in the immediate area now. But again, it's then just still there when you look back down. Uh, then it'll be in Italia. All right. Uh, you are close enough if you're shooting it, because you have, unlike uh, LeBeau, still had a couple of people in the way. Um, you will be at point blank, so you do get a bonus star on the roll. All right. Ooh. So the first uh, one was a 21, the second one was a 15, and I believe a 15 is an extreme. Ah, okay. So it's going to have to roll pretty damn low on its dodge. I've got to roll a six with a penalty die. Come on, dice roller. 65 or 55? Nope. All right. right. <laughs> oh, At that point, it, it automatically does full uh, damage. Ma maximum plus roll. Oh, oh really? Plus roll. Okay. Oh, well, that's just only a one. So that's Still. Maximum plus one. So that's 11. That's 11 still. You're using the handgun. What did you um, do the first time, Wayne? 10? Didn't you do 10 the first time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's like, yeah. So even with its 
particularly now that it's up close and personal, you can see this thing has quite a thick hide. Um, this has got a good degree of natural armour, as it were. Um, you blow the thing away. Um, you put a bullet through one of its um, sorry, a widening eye sockets, or eye holes, as it say, its face is sliding, uh, sliding down in front of it. And if it is a brain, or it is some kind of internal organ that was in its head, it is now over the floor. Um, this thing twitches, and the god, the god awful smell that reeks off this thing just intensifies, and it, it sort of shudders, it twitches, and then goes limp. Right. Right. And, okay. then, and then it is very quiet. You guys are both great at this. I love it. And I'm reloading both of my guns right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll uh, probably get, what, two shots. So I'm, I'm good. Um, I'll motion. Let's, let's, uh, let's move forward quickly. Yeah. We already announced. So yep. we might as well just move quickly and take, take care of this. Mm -hmm. I think I have the I got the shotgun out if you guys are handgunning it yeah yeah mm -hmm. um, and I'll turn to Robert uh, I'll quickly say no need to be nervous <laughs> did I get it <laughs> no I'll whisper that I'll, I'll say that to you since we're not being stealthy now like, okay no no need to be nervous. Stop, right. being so, stop being so modest. <laughs> Show them your skills. Uh, any noise coming from below? Uh, not from below, no. Okay. Any noise coming from above? <laughs> um, give me a listen roll. That's a 47... That is 65, so I make it. Okay. You do hear footsteps. Um, they are evidently coming down the stairs oh, towards you. Um, it's saying it seems only like one person. Oh, okay. So I'll motion to you guys and I'm like, be ready. Somebody's on their way down. So do we take a position like, you know, maybe it's coming yeah. back down? Frame, yeah. ambush point yeah yeah that that makes me nervous who goes into a gunfight a man who can afford to because he's a warlock i don't know <laughs> right um give like, me a group luck roll again so whoever has the lowest amount of luck that'll be me now that'll be me now for sure oh, well, okay. Um, I have a 42 in luck now, <laughs> so here we go. Um, oh, I rolled a 48. <laughs> Close, right. but no cigar. No. Right. Um, the footsteps come down um, staircase. You can hear them echoing, getting louder and louder as they run down. It seems like a normal person. It's just obviously the, uh, not like ominously getting louder beyond what it should be, but you have... Uh, definitely the sound of one person coming. And then abruptly, the sound stops. As if they've just stopped on uh, mid-run 
coming down the um, coming down the stairs. Maybe a revolution and a half ahead um, above you, so they aren't immediately in line of sight. Um, can I have another listen roll? Because I imagine that as you've um, put, um, you've, you're all inside the room, taking up position, looking at the arc. Mm -hmm. Can we all make a listen? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-two. I failed. Yeah. But I did want to look at the orb behind us to make sure you didn't like jump over there. And that's okay. Bad. You don't need to. You don't need to make your listen roll because that is exactly what he's done. Oh. Um, <laughs> You turn just at the point to see um, Ekmechi manifest um, hold, um, with one hand holding one orb and then him touching the other. Um, as he sees you and you see him, um, this will come down to a, de uh, a dex roll, or de not a dex roll, a dex order to see who acts first. So, his dex is 60. This guy's clever. Oh, man. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. he, moves, he moves well. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Your, yours is on par with him. Don't... I, I think. I, I, mean... I think Eamon's, uh dex is fifty for my note here. Yeah. And so is mine's. And gotcha. I think Lebeau, his is uh, sixty-two, right? Yep. Right. Well, as he see, as he noticed, he's been seen. So this is as Robert and Natalia are looking towards the archway and Eamon looks over his shoulder behind him. Um, you see Ekmechi stood there and what he, um, all he does, he doesn't move, but he just says, kill your friends. Can I have an opposed power roll? Me? Yep. Oh, just you? Just you? Or all of us? Uh, just him, because it can only target one person at a time. Ah, fool him. They're not really my friends anyway. They're just cold. <laughs> all right. Uh, Pose pile, power is 50. Come on, baby. I rolled a 37 out of 50. Okay, so that's a regular success. A regular success, yes, I'm sorry. Yep. Right, that becomes a tie, because he rolled 55, which is a regular success for him. Okay. Um, we then compare pal to see who has the highest. Ooh. He has pal 100. <laughs> I wish I had pal 100. <laughs> Minus 50. Okay, until the end of the next round, you are compelled to attack your uh, your friends. Oh no! <laughs> well, I've never said I was your friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this this is when it comes down to a definition, as you say. Who is your friend here? I, I attack them with hugs. Oh man! <laughs> Unfortunately, where, where the dimensional shambler could get away with that as an attack, I doubt you can call that. Yeah. <laughs> so, not me first, right? Or do I, wait, whose turn is it? Is it LeBeau? <clears throat> it, would be uh, LeBeau. it would be LeBeau first, yes. So you, you hear this voice from behind you suddenly say, kill your friends. What? What? Wait. Yep, I'll spin around. Um, if, I guess if I'm able, I will try to shoot. That's why we're here. Yep. You are. Um, I won't say you get the dex bonus from it because you were point. Um, you're aiming the gun in a different direction, but you still have the drop on him in that sense that you've got. Okay. You've got equal dex. Right. Um, I'm going to also say that you are potentially in point blank because the room isn't that big, so you do get a bonus die on the roll. But he also then, because you're within close enough range, gets the chance to at least step out of the way. Okay. All right, um, Jeff. Before you roll, well, I already rolled the one. Never mind. What were you going to say? Really? 
I have another roll though. Mm -hmm. Another roll? Hey, oh, yeah, you just said I get a bonus die. Yeah, if you're all one, you don't need to worry about the bonus die. No, no, oh. no. I, I failed. So I'm going to switch dice because I think that's what you were going to say there, Wayne. Yep. All right. I got my. You could get double one. I got my <laughs> special Cthulhu dice out for the, this one. Ah. Mm -hmm. Just make sure. Yeah. No, nope, I did. I grabbed a D8. Dang it. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you still rolled one. <laughs> so you take the you, you take the better of the result when it's the bonus die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, still still fail. Fifty two. I think oh. you, you rolled a one. Maybe he was being sarcastic. I think he was joking. Oh right. No, sorry. Well, I thought he was serious too. I was like, yeah. Oh. I thought that typically is I looked I looked at my uh, little dice roller screen and went, Yeah, I actually got a success, I rolled a seven. Um, <laughs> So, it, and then thinking, shit, a critical would completely negate that. Oh, well. No, in which case, then, he does get an extreme dodge. He just steps out of the way. Okay. Um, and you shoot. Um, give, give me a luck roll, though. Uh-oh. That is a fail. Uh, Jacoby got it. Uh, yeah, uh, your bullet narrowly on the fail uh, rushes past the big orb on the pedestal behind him and then takes a chunk out of the wall. So the orb is still intact behind him. Okay. Right, that's on 60. So that would then be Natalia. All right, I'm gonna try to fire at this guy. Okay, same thing. He gets the dodge to maneuver out the way. All right. Here, Natalia, put it right in between his eyes right now. Nope, that is an 86. Okay, and he also fails his, uh, I think he gets a regular success on dodge. Do you have a bonus die, Wayne? Oh, do I have a bonus die? Yeah, yeah, you're still at point blank. Okay. And that's a 75. That's also a fail. No. Uh, <laughs> his, his regular dodge means that he at least then, again, just steps out of the way but doesn't need to. So you're not, um, you're not close enough then to potentially hit the orb behind him. Okay. So I believe that is then round two, Eamon. Who would you Mechi. like to attack first? Mechi, my best friend ever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I almost think I'd leave it up to uh, a fate roll here. Like, because, yeah. you know, I, I would think, I go, I go odds, Natalia, and even Lebeau, because I don't want to make this decision. I'm not uh, right. I look at you with big, wide eyes. Big, puppy dog eyes. <laughs> little white highlights sparkling. Well, Natalia's right next to you. No, we're all in the same area, but I, I, I take odds. Okay, I'm going to... Here. I'm, I rolled a two, Lebo. I don't want to kill you. Today is not your day. That's okay. <laughs> I, I don't... Since I came up the stairs and heard the flashbang, I haven't opened my eyes once, so... <laughs> You'd be doing pretty well for blind fighting, then. <laughs> I could still fail the roll, right? Just... Um, I just make a re regular shotgun attack roll? Um, it will be a regular, at least regular shotgun, so it will be at point blank, so it would be 4d6 if you hit. Um, you were at point blank with Emetri, you are going to be point blank with LeBeau. Yep, I figured. Um, however, that does mean LeBeau gets the dodge to move out of the way. 
and you have got two points of armor from the uh, from the bulletproof vest as well. So you have a couple of things aiding in your favor here. So, Eamon, roll up first. It's like, oh, sorry. Actually, I don't even know if I can say anything. I don't know how it, if I just feel compelled, but I rolled. I rolled a hundred. I rolled a hundred. Yes. Okay. Right here. Um. So you. <laughs> You do have a bonus die because it's <laughs> Malfunction, I think, right? But it depends on what the other result is. Yeah, you'd have to roll another hundred. That's right. Oh, I don't. What if it means he's his best friend? I rolled a. Uh, I rolled a sixty-five out of sixty-five. So that counts as a regular success. So That's that good. negates the zero-zero because it's a bonus die. Oh, man. LeBeau, you have an option. You pretty much have the option of dodging if you wish to um, try and ride this out. All you need is a regular success. All right. I will definitely try. Going back to my original dice, because the bad luck has got to be worn off by now. You have luck to spend, right? Yeah, you can spend luck. That's a fail. 82. Ooh. Push the roll. Push the roll. Push the roll. Push you can't push rolls in combat, but you can spend luck on com um, on attack rolls. You can't spend them on damage rolls, but you can spend it on attack. Uh, that means that there's a bang. And Eamon, could you roll me four d six, please? I. <laughs> are you going to spend luck? Or are you not spending luck? For an I before I make before I make the roll, I just want to make sure because oh my god. And I, and I just want to. Matt, I thought luck you can't roll in combat, but you're saying this is allowed? No, you can't push in combat. Um, I think it's on page 99 of the rule book that it says the only things you can't spend luck on are luck rolls themselves, damage rolls, sanity rolls to see if you take a sanity hit, or the amount of roll, uh, the amount of sanity you would lose as a sanity roll. Everything else is fair game. Mm, okay. All right. Let's see. The main thing is you can't push because stakes are already at their highest. It's can't, you can't like say, "Oh, I'm going to take more time swinging my fist to try and punch you in the face." That's okay. That's yeah. All right. Wow. I need to spend twenty-five luck. Henry did warn us not to let him speak. He said it. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to allow it, I'm going to spend twenty-five luck points to try and stay alive. You can spend it, yeah. There's no cap on how much you can spend. Okay. Wait until party luck roll comes around to you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it, what's no, it look like? Question. That's a good question though, because now it's a now it's a question of do I want to save myself or save the mission? Uh, that'll be that'll be a call for you. Uh, um, you managed to dive out of the way back behind one of the sofas um, just as Eamon raises, uh, raises the gun up and pulls the trigger. Um, the edge of the sofa just disintegrates. There's pieces of spring, uh, cloth, um, cushion go everywhere. Um, there's this loud ringing in your ears, but sort of panting down on the ground, you realise, yep, that didn't hit. <laughs> That's, uh, that was a close call. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I can't believe I did it. They just told me to. Actually, am I still compelled, or is that like a one and done? It's until the end of your next action, so that was your next action. Okay. He's cursing and screaming a lot in response to you. <laughs> uh, so you made a party luck roll 
uh, for me to determine what would be his, um, how difficult it would be for him to achieve his goal when he got down here. Uh, failing that luck roll means that he is going to be able to do what he wants to do this round or this action. Um, but those of you that are now looking at him as he goes, well, in fact, he goes on 60, which is tied with LeBeau. Um, you are down on the ground behind the sofa, so I'll give you the chance to do an opposed roll to see if you can go before him. Hmm. So if you roll me dex. Ooh. 60. Yeah, dex roll. Yeah, 55 pass. I rolled one! <laughs> that random number generator falls through. <laughs> Man. Right. Um, what he does, um, you can see over the edge of the sofa, just as you're about, uh, so about, to, about to act, that, as I mentioned, there are a number of bookcases either side. He takes one step forward and lunges towards one particular shelf where you can see sat on the shelf now that there is another orb. He grabs hold of that and vanishes. Oh, come on. Wow. Because he didn't have that one on his person, so he had to get down here to use it. And on that note, um, we're going to, because I understand that, uh, Luke, you have to uh, rush off. <laughs> Is now, now a good time to switch over to the, uh, to the mansion? Oh, if you want to, unless the guy just suddenly appeared in front of Henry. <laughs> Wow, that was... That is a chance. The ending wasn't so good, but that was a rush. Thank you, Matthew. I had a good time there. No worries. I'm glad you're not dead, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks. Um, he does actually have to head back to the university. He's going by a bit of a, bit of a long route, but he is going that way. So, um, we'll, skip to, we'll do a bit with Postgate, and then depending on how this goes, we'll then go to, uh, to the mansion. Okay, cool. So, Postgate, you are... Uh, you are around. You are in his office, I believe. Yes. Um, I, I have my, my gun out, silencer on, safety off. Okay. Um, have you had a look around the office beforehand? Um, well, yes. I'd like to. I'd like to search the office while I'm in there. Because okay. um, if I, I'm, I'm assuming that if I can find the the um, the gateway box. The orb. Um, then he's going to appear quite near that. So if I could then move that to a, a convenient position, and I thought possibly even if there's a sort of a desk light, an angle poise lamp, mm -hmm. switch that on and shine it towards the bit where I hope he's going to appear. So I'll be behind the lamp. Yep. So you'd be disorientated then. Yeah. Yep. Right, that's that's fine enough. Give me a spot hidden roll to see if you find anything else. Because finding that particular orb isn't difficult. It's just sat on a shelf in the corner of the room that you couldn't see from outside. Okay. And that's a 43 out of 40. No, I failed. Okay. Um, you can spend three luck on that. Cause... Yeah, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> well, I think I'll just join in with the the luck spending element of today's game. <laughs> okay, in which case you start having a look round. Um, you've positioned up the orb that's in the corner of the room, so the one you're fairly sure he used to go back to the tower. So that one, he moves off 
um, you move up to wherever in the room you want it with your light pointed towards it. But in the time, you think, hey, have a look around, there's none, won't hurt anything. Um, you start looking through his desk, um, going through some, uh, some drawers there, and you find another one that's in one of the drawers, um, alongside um, a map of the European side of Istanbul, and particularly the old town. Uh, so this is going way out to the, um, to the east. And what seems to be a bunch of photos, um, there's a couple of positions marked on the map. Um, have you got history? Um, I have, yes. All right. Um, how, how much? 40. Okay, probably be enough then. You don't need to, um, need to make a roll then. This is a fairly, fairly famous landmark. Um, this is the Golden Gate. Um, it's part of the old city wall. It was the ceremonial entrance to Istanbul. Um, this would be the gates by which uh, royalty would um, would lead a procession through as they return from a victorious battle in um, in far flung lands. Um, many centuries ago, it was bricked up, so it's now just this wonderfully large arch that's completely sealed, and it seems like um, presumably Ekmecik or someone. Well, that he's been working with has taken photos at various angles looking at the Golden Gate and that he's then looked at the map of the local area and it seems that he's charting different routes and ways and distances that all lead to this point and that there is a orb that sat with the map. Hmm. Well I'll um, I'll take the map and the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, As for the orb, um, from where I am, um, if we'll say diagonally across the room in the corner is where I've put the other orb, mm -hmm. um, then similarly to the other side of the desk, I'll put that orb and I'll just sort of tuck it under a cabinet or something out of sight. Yeah, you can hide it so it's not just, where he's expected. Yeah, just to. just in case he's he's going to go for that one. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Um, I'll you know I, I'm covering I'm covering the area where I've put the orb, where I think he's going to to appear. But at the same time, I'm very aware that he might not appear right next to it. So I'm I'm wary. But. Um, Hopefully, I'll, I'll see him quite clearly in the lamplight. And also, there's that there's that feeling of weightlessness that um, prefigures it. So I'm I'm waiting for that sensation again that I've experienced a couple of times now. Yep, indeed. Um, so I'm waiting. Once I feel that sensation, then then I'll be keyed in and ready. Yank you. In which case, then say time passes. It feels almost painfully slow. But then when everything starts to gently lift around you, you have the impression that this, this is the moment when it's going to go down. And in the corner where you've got the, your positioned, again, space seems to stretch out in a long corridor and then Ekmechi snaps into focus, holding on to the orb in the corner with the light pretty much full in his face. I am going to shoot him. Okay. I will give you... Uh, let me think. 
I'm going to give you a bonus die because of point blank, okay. and I'm going to give him a penalty die because he's got this uh, light shining in his face that disorientates him. So he still gets the chance to dodge because it's point blank, but he is a penalty to do so. Okay. Well, my first roll is a 41, which is a regular. Let's see what my bonus die is. Come on. Oh, and that's 22, which I think would be a hard. 22 out of 45. Yeah, that's a hard. You are somewhat lucky. My rolls were 26 and 46. 26 would have been a hard, so it would have been enough to, um, to break the tie. 46 is only a regular success for his dodge. You hit him. Excellent. And that's 1d10 plus 2. Oof. You've got a chance. That's 11 points of damage. Okay. You haven't killed him outright. He's got one hit point left, but that is certainly enough to force him to make a con roll. Wow. You can say something nasty to him now. <laughs> Sorry about that, old boy. <laughs> Surprise. No, I'm going to tell him about the time that I, I went to see the uh, the world's largest purple spoon. <laughs> Just as you walk over and put a bullet in his head. And he says, kill me, kill me, please. Right, he, he rolls a 16, which is almost an extreme success on his con. So he is still uh, still alive, but he is slumped on the ground with a bullet hole in his chest. Oh, can I just... Um... I don't want to get too close to him, just in case. Um, Coup de gras. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll finish him off. Okay. Um, he does at least get part of an action, I'd say. Um, but all he'll do is just uh, hold up a blood-stained hand as if just uh, almost like saying you to back off. And I think with his three words, um, he'll say... Just wait, I have, and then it depends if you want to let him speak or not. Nope. Okay, um, I'll give you, well, it's, it's going to be two bonus die at that point, I think. Unless you roll ri ridiculously badly, like my kind of level of badly, then he's dead. Well, that was a 12, is the first one. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you put a bullet squarely, uh, squarely between his eyes, and for all the magic he has, he cannot withstand damage, um, physical damage like that. He's all about trying to avoid it rather than uh, rather than withstanding. So right. there is. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to take the uh, the both the orbs, the one he's got on him, mm -hmm. and the one he's jumped to, and the other one. Gotcha. With the, with the map. Mm -hmm. um, and. Um, yeah, you do I've find. Been, I've been wearing gloves, so there's no need to wipe down for prints. And um, I'm going to uh, discreetly leave and head um, immediately to uh, the tower where the other three went. Um, because well, you do have, um, if you look through his pockets, as I mentioned, he has to have two sets to bounce between them. Otherwise, oh, yes, when, once yes. you jump, jump, they're all gonna, both going to come together. 
in his pocket, he has the one that he used to get to the bigger orb downstairs in the Anders Tower. Ah, okay. So if you want to use that, you can get there the next round. Yes. Okay, in which case, you pop, you spend your one, uh, one point of sanity, one magic point, and you arrive at the tower. Okay. Um, as uh, Eamon has gone, and so we've uh, resolved that bit of the tower there, we will pause on that moment and go over to Jacoby at the Romelli Kavegi mansion. So, uh, we left with yourself um, seeing a man coming up from a boat that had parked or is drawn up by the dock. Uh, that had, I, um, I stand somebody... respectfully and uh, do I recognize him? Oh no, this is... Um... This is Tarek uh, Albath. Yes, so you, you catch the family resemblance to the Albaths that you've seen in photos up until this point. Mm. Um, he is carrying a large sack over one shoulder, okay. uh, which is clunking as if there's something metallic in there as he wakes uh, his way over. Does he look like the kind of, a, is he like dressed up, dressed down, dressed like a fisherman? How's um, the last of those options, yeah. He is very much a fisherman. So um, he is dressed in a thick uh, woolen jumper. Um, he has a very weather-beaten hat, and there's very much the smell of salt air and sea coming off him. And my uh, my temporary companion here, uh, Raoul, uh, does he say something first, or no? Uh, he just he just nods and just does a quick. Kind of salutish, Mr. Salute towards him. Hello, Mr. Albeth. My name uh, is Doctor Jacoby. Uh, he looks. Uh, he looks towards you. His English is a bit broken. Um, so it depends. Do you uh, do you initially open up in Turkish or? Uh, yeah, I, I can. I can. Uh, I I probably started in English, but then I'll jump immediately to Turkish. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's fine. In which case, he'll, he'll respond flawlessly in Turkish because it's his, his native language anyway. As, as I said to your, uh, this, this gentleman here, um, I, I have a need to speak to you or, or to uh, the marshes. Um, I spoke recently with uh, uh, Elgrith Delan. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of urgent. I, I don't know how to, I, I, I didn't know where else to go. Oh, um. I was again. I wasn't aware that you'd be um, heading up here at this time. I had a discussion with um, Abdullah, and he mentioned that you might be coming here at some point. I wasn't realizing that there was an immediate urgency to anything. Well, there wasn't up until now. But uh, um, I, whoever is in charge, uh, whoever is an important person with the uh, the colony, I need to speak with them would that be you i'm i can i can arrange a meeting um he kind of uh, taps the bag on the back of his um, that he's got sung over one shoulder um this can bring them to us fairly quickly well so if you say this is important then i can i can use it i would say it's extremely urgent yes okay. um but yeah you've got come come with me and he just gestures back towards the dock all right. Um, as you're walking, he says, so what, what's the, if I may ask, what's the urgency? Uh, their discovery. 
the, the he raises both eyebrows. Oh, um, how? I mean, has someone found found one of them along the coast, or one got sloppy? Uh, are you, are, are, well, uh, I'd I'd rather explain it just once through. It's, um, yeah, he, he nods. That that's fair. I, I hate repetition myself. So. Right. Um, he puffs himself up, takes a long breath, closes his eyes, and reaches into the um, into the bag. Um, he pulls out initially his hand wrapped around a large chain, which, as he pulls it out, um, it forms at the end a large pyramid about about a foot and a half tall by about um, about six inches wide. Um, that's carved on all sides with what you would be aware of as deep one imagery. So this looks like it's been either fashioned by deep ones or um, fashioned after their artwork. So it's right. definitely of a particular style. Um, he grasps hold of the chain in both hands in front of him and you can hear him mutter something under his breath as he concentrates. And then while one hand keeps hold of the chain, he lets go with the other and it falls through his fingers and drops into the water. Um, you can feel almost a palpable wave wash over you, even though it's not water, just the air ripples right. as this thing hits, um, hits the water and that ripple extends out and flashes it across the water in front of you. And this um, is how you call them, I say to him. You know, he, he kind of breathes out nodding and turns to you and uh, just nods and says, they're, they're coming. I, I'm, I know almost nothing about your culture. Is there anything I should do? Shake hands, bow? Oh, he almost chuckles at that. Well, it's not, a, it's not my culture. <laughs> um, it's, it's very much theirs. <laughs> I see. Um, I'm just a poor, unfortunate soul that stumbled across them and managed to make a deal to save his own life. I see. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend physical contact unless they they ask. Right. They can be, um, they can be very protective and very mean. Okay. Um, time passes because it takes a little while for the for the summon effect to work. So they still have to physically travel to this sure. uh, to this point. So um, he's quite happy to sit with you on the boat, waiting and passing time. Um, he'll offer you um, some. See some coffee that he's got in a thermos flask. Um, this is some small snacks that he's got left on the boat, like pack sandwiches. Nothing, nothing particularly, um, particularly flash. Just as the so the sun's gone way down by this point, just as the stars start arcing across the sky, and it becomes a relatively cloudless night. Could could we say that I ask him uh, how he came into contact with them, or his story, so to speak? I mean, you don't have yeah. to go into it now, but. No, um, it, it, that can be rel relatively quick. Um, he actually shows you a, um, a book that he pulls out of a locker on the boat uh, and says, well, I got this when I inherited, uh, inherited the boat from my father. Hmm. Um, it was a series of notes left by his father. Um, apparently these things have been known up and down the coast on the, the Black Sea coast, um, either side of the Bosphorus, for centuries. And fishermen's tales have said that there was something lurking out there in the water. That um, 
woe betide the poor uh, the poor maiden who would rest on the shore um, taking the way and um, taking the, uh, the sun a bit too late in the day that they might not be there the next morning and yeah it detailed his his not his encounters with them but at least his encounters of folklore and legends about them I see. yeah and then a, a little a few months ago I pulled one up in my net Ah, so you haven't been in their service for very long. No, no, only about, uh, he thinks back, several months now, I've got quite lost track, but time just becomes a bit of a lesser concern when you end up doing the kind of things we've done. I see. They're in, um, you're probably aware, they're, they're in need of breeding stock, and we provide it. I see. That's interesting so there is interbreeding between humans and i don't know what they what do they call themselves i've never asked i've uh, i've respected their privacy and also have a good degree of self-preservation that i don't ask that many questions i see but no no i know they get uh, they get taken away and those that get taken don't come back Well, I imagine humans can't live down there. <laughs> well, that was that was my initial um, thought. But having seen some of the girls being taken away, something happens to them. Really? There, they they do something as they drag them under the water. Um, I've seen them almost as if they they don't cut their throats, but I've seen claws dig into the neck, and no blood come out. So whether they, they give them gills, I don't know how it works, but they get taken away and they, like I say, they don't come back. It's, I think it would be pointless if they just take them away to drown. That's fascinating. And a bit terrifying. Hmm. How long do you think it will take before they arrive? It shouldn't be that um, mid-sentence. Um, you hear a splash on the other side of the boat as something breaks the waterline. Okay. And walking out of the um, out of the mud and breaking up breaking the waterline, you see this creature about easily seven foot high, um, big, muscular, thin on its back, starting to recede, coming back, um, going back into its um, into its almost leathery hide. Um, again, claws draped by its, uh, draped down by its side as it starts to march up out of the waterline and it stands on the shore and looks looks towards you alongside the jetty i i say to my friend uh mr albeth here i'm saying do they they speak turkish yes mm-hmm. um in fact uh, jacoby you can give me a um uh, give me an intro intelligence mm-hmm. Uh, I got a 21 out of 80. Mm. Uh, while there's certain, obviously, fish-like features that look similar between a lot of these, um, a lot of these creatures, this one looks familiar. So, it has Jacob's eyes. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, when, when it looks at you, there's a similar look of recognition as it opens its eyes a bit wider. 
and it, it responds in English rather than in Turkish, um, with a admittedly now somewhat um, ac Turkish accented English, because he's been over here for a while, um, says, I wasn't expecting to ever see you again. Mr. Marsh, what a delight. Um, I say, Albaf looks somewhat confused um, between the two of you, um, turning to you and um, catching, he's got broken English, he can understand the sentence. You, you know him? We met a number of years ago. Did you think that I was just meeting them for the first time? Well, no, no you knew, knew one over here. Um, uh, Mr. Marsh, uh, I have very urgent news that uh, concerning your colony off the coast. It, it, it nods. Um, recently, it's come to my attention that recently uh, your people were almost discovered by a submarine and that uh, uh, you destroyed it, shall we say. It nods. Yes, it, the it Russians, the Russians are too close. The Russians are sending a salvage ship to try and recover the, the, the U-boat, and they are sending down teams of people to look for it. Uh, they will be able to find it because there is a signal beacon on board the ship. My recommendation is that if you have the means, move the ship. They will not know where it went down exactly. And if you move it far enough away, they'll never discover your colony. Otherwise, if you destroy their ship, they will send more ships. You, you can see a tense look coming across its face and its eyes narrow slightly and you, you almost not, not growl but definitely make an uncomfortable noise i can see how this would be a problem i have i have a problem myself that after our last meeting and me having thought that if i moved halfway around the world i wouldn't necessarily be subject to these kind of problems again mm. for me that I am still considered somewhat of an outsider here. I'm not a local, should we say, or native to the local colony. I am very much a guest of theirs. I have no authority to order anyone there to do anything. Um, the high priest, however, he would be the one that I would need to, um, need to persuade to take this course of action. The, the locals would, I believe, be very proud and want to defend their colony, which would be, I think, between you and myself, would be a disastrous course of action. Yeah. Human beings are curious, as you know. Mm -hmm. Far too curious and far too stubborn. We have a lot. We have a lot in common in that respect. Well, that's the message that I came here to tell you. I uh, I hope that 
the colony is undisturbed. And uh, I hope that I can be friends with you. I would love to know more. Um, he, he nods. Cer certainly, I've never got any sense of hostility from yourself, unlike certain others I can think of. There are always fools. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that science wins in the end. So if we could someday become trade partners, I think that that would be far more, more useful to our civilizations than war. He, he nods. I, I certainly, for one, don't wish to see, uh, to see war. You can see there's all sorts of wheels or cogs turning behind his eyes as he's thinking. And he looks away for a second and then looks back to yourself. There is one thing I can think of that would potentially help the high priest to change his mind and entertain the idea of moving the submarine so that we avoid discovery and avoid another confrontation with those on the surface. What would that be? As you are probably familiar, if you've come here, you know obviously what this place is and what, uh, what function it serves for us. There is uh, a stock of girls, he also questionably uses the term, that are used and brought here. Um, the high priest has seen one particular girl and has voiced his, uh, voiced his desire for her on a number of occasions, except Abdullah has reluctantly well, has refused the offer of giving her over because she is a particularly high earner for his, um, his operation and keeps, it, uh, keeps the wheels turning on the surface. You're going to need to give the high priest something he wants and to give, put him in, let's say, a more generous mood. If you can bring us that girl, then he will most likely entertain your, your plan. He then starts to describe the girl in question. It's Sadiq Arap. Hmm. I, I don't think that I could be a part of that sort of thing. I, uh, I don't know where this woman is. You say she's at the brothel? Uh -huh. I would I would not necessarily say that you wouldn't be part of such things normally but if it's one person against what could potentially turn out to be all out war I know where I would um, I know what odds I would choose I understand from the discussions I've had with Abdullah that she is missing um, hopefully someone with your pull will be able to find her and find her quickly. Because otherwise, I'm not sure the High Priest is going to be willing to entertain your plan and would favour all-out confrontation, believing that they would win a war. I'll do what I can. Where would I have to bring this person? Or if I can't find her, where will I be able to contact you again? Here? Back here. Uh, if we set a time for 24 hours from now? We'll have to be sooner than that because I believe the ship is going to be here within 24 hours to begin looking. 
Now it might take them a couple of days, but the sooner you move that ship, well, do what you can. I will do what I can. I, I, I can bring it forward to 12 hours, but I know they don't particularly like turning up during the day because of the risk of being seen. I understand. So if we say the cover of the sunset tomorrow. All right, that'll work. I, uh, I have to say I, I approve the changes that have come over you. You look quite a bit different than you did before. Is, is the growth rate of your transformation, uh, it takes a while, I assume, years. He nods. It, it varies. There's surprising amounts of variation and difference between us. Fascinating. At that point, I probably would really like to talk, ask him a whole bunch of biological questions, but I'll probably not push my luck at this yeah. point. Yeah, he, he smiles and says, maybe we can discuss further details tomorrow if everything goes well. All right. I'll see you then. And at that point, he turns and starts walking back into the water. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Albeth. And uh, I turn and I also walk away. Yep. And I think there, given the time, we shall leave it for tonight. Yeah. Sorry, Mick. Jeez. Mick didn't get to do anything yeah. At least when, when he did get to do it, he made it count. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I pulled off a pretty cool head. That was, I was quite happy with that. Yeah. I didn't roll a hundred. That's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He is a, well, was rather now, um, a particularly nasty antagonist. So, yeah, you've done a, you did a pretty good job picking him while you did. <laughs> Our players included Jeff Wilkins, Lucas Glasshauer, Mick Swan, Wayne Worthy, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.